What's up, everybody? Justin Soderberg back here for another episode of the Main State of Mind, episode 41, with my friend Mike McMahon of College Hockey News and the Mac Report. Came back on to talk a little college hockey again. <laughs> he came back on in October-ish um, to talk college hockey to start the season, what the season would look like, and so on as going into a COVID year. Um, now he comes back to talk a little bit about what the season looked like, what the playoffs are about to look like, uh, what can you, what can you expect, and so on. Uh, we focused a lot on hockey East because that's what Michael um, he covers most mostly. Um, Maine plays New Hampshire tonight. Uh, if, this, if you're listening to this podcast on Wednesday when it's released, uh, as well as UMass Lowell versus Vermont, as well as this coming weekend, there's more games and so on and so forth. And the second weekend in April is the Frozen Four. Michael will be in attendance to cover the game for college hockey news as well. So great episode. If you like college hockey, if you like hockey in general, uh, Mike is very knowledgeable. Uh, this is episode 41 of the main state of mind. And just to say it again, please subscribe and follow us on Apple podcasts and Spotify, as well as on YouTube. Um, give us a rating on Apple podcasts. Uh, five stars would be great. I really appreciate it. You can find us on Instagram and you can find us on Facebook at the main state of mind. Um, this is episode 41 with Mike McMahon of College Hockey News and the Mac Report. Enjoy, everybody. How's it going, Mike? It's going great. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing well. Doing well. You know, I recorded another podcast. I have I launched another one about being a dad. I saw that. I listened to the first one. Thank you very much. Recorded a second one uh, today that comes out on Friday, March 12th with Andy Gagan, who owns Gagan's Brothers Brewing Company. Okay. And talked about like work-life balance, like how to, you know, owning a company and trying to be a father at the same time. So that was fun. Yeah. Um, but now we get to talk some hockey, which I'm excited about too. So, um, and things are looking better than the last time we talked last or last time we talked about hockey, I should say. <laughs> the last yeah. time we talked was the MMA and that didn't go... <laughs> Didn't go Calvin's way, I'm sure. That I'll tell you that much. Uh, it, no, we, it didn't. I'm glad he's okay. Yeah, it, he's alive. It, I mean, he ran into a buzzsaw that night, I think. I, oh, boy. That might be the best performance of an MMA fighter that I've seen in, in, in almost forever with, with, with Max Holloway. I, I, not to get too he far. Didn't into, oh. like, I, he didn't stop. He was the fifth round. Rounds. Yeah, it was the fifth round, and it was like the fight had just started. I'd never seen anything like that before. That was crazy. And he got rocked a couple of times from Calvin, too. So yeah. he was just fighting through it. Like it, It's unbelievable. So good thing for Max. Good, good for him. Hope he does well. Hope he continues fighting the way he's fighting, and hopefully Calvin can get back in the octagon again and, and, and show a better performance than he had. Again, he lost, but he lost with dignity. Like He didn't give up. Like Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but he almost I thought died. his corner was going to throw the towel in at yeah. one point, but they didn't. I mean, he... <laughs> he went to war that night. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. But the last time we talked hockey was back in October-ish, September, end of September, beginning of October, when the hockey season was getting started, kind of giving an idea of what the season was going to look like. And the funny thing is, you had mentioned they should just come up with the schedule each week. <laughs> and they ended up having to do that. At least in Hockey East, they ended up having yeah. to do that. So it was hard to know. Like, it, it, I'm glad I wasn't covering hockey. Uh, because it seemed like it was a lot harder to find out what was going on on the weekend for sure. Um, you didn't know what games were going to be played, if they were going to be canceled due to COVID, or what games were going to be scheduled. Um, so it ended up being a really weird season. Do you agree with that? <laughs> yeah, it was hard, like especially where 
you know, I'm covering the whole country, but I'm doing it really through covering one team, like a, a Merrimack. And to not know what I was doing on a particular weekend with, you know, it kind of goes into your other podcast with two kids who are also like playing their own hockey games and stuff like that. It was, it was challenging. Um, I wasn't able to go to any road games, but I, I was at all their home games. Uh, I actually had a, a suite all to myself. I had like my own private box, which was kind of nice. Uh, I'll take that. I mean, if they want to leave that, even when fans come back and just give me like my own suite, that's cool with me. Um, Your name on the outside of it. <laughs> they did. Yeah. They had like the, the sign that was like, welcome Mike McMahon. And I, I had, it was like a 10 person suite and I had my own TV. I could put on whatever I want. It was great. Uh, but it was difficult. It was difficult. I know just from my perspective to kind of navigate the schedule and know, okay, well, this is going on this weekend and not finding out till sometimes Wednesday, what you were going, what was going to be going on the weekend. It made it very hard to plan. Uh, mm-hmm. Just me personally, right. As you're trying to make plans for life outside of work. So that was, that was challenging. But I think, like I said, when we talked the first time, it just, it made the most sense because you don't know who's going to be able to play every week. So trying to come up with a schedule, that you really can't stick to. Like once pauses started coming into play, like they, it's impossible to stick to it. So just make the schedule week to week and try to get everybody to play as many teams as possible was the way that they, they tried to do it. Everybody still didn't play everybody because some people were, some teams were paused for too long, but I mean, it, it is what it is. So when we're thinking back on it now too, is, I mean, we talked about the idea of like some players not playing, um, we talked about players going to major junior and all that stuff. Do you think it was still a success? Like, I mean, do you think that it was still worth playing the entire season? Yeah. I mean, I think playing is better than not playing, especially if you ask the players that they, they want to play as much as possible. So, uh, I, I think from that perspective, it's better to play than not play if you can. Uh, and they, they found ways to do it. I mean, some, some teams were, were paused more than others. Some teams had stricter, uh, stricter, protocols in place than just what the league had put out. Like I think Boston university was if a player tests positive, he's out 30 days regardless. And, and the, the league policy was more along the, the state guidelines in Massachusetts, which were you were quarantined for 10 and then you could test out early if you had a negative test, whatever the state guidelines were. So that's why like David Ferentz and Drew Camesso at BU were out a month. They missed a month of the season uh, because that was BU's kind of internal policy. But I think it, anything you could have gotten done, from a, a season standpoint would have, would have been good. I think for the players just to make it feel somewhat normal for them. Uh, and they want to play. I mean, plenty of guys in college hockey, you're trying to figure out ways how they can get into the NHL and things like that. So you don't want to lose a whole season. Uh, and they were able, I mean, most teams were able to get in 15 to 20 games. Some teams got in more uh, across the country. I mean, some of the, the schools out West got in even more than that. So I think for the most part, you know, the fact that they've been able to get as far as they've been able to get, and we're not done yet, but the fact that they were able to get through a regular season is, is a positive. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like I said, I'm looking at the hockey East uh, on their website. So you got like 21 games for, for Boston college, 14 for BU. Uh, yeah. So like UMass led 15. So yeah, it's like a little bit like the 14 to 21, 22. It looks like UConn played 22 games. Wow. Um, same with Massachusetts, but uh, that is pretty, uh, it's weird. How did they do the, the rankings this year, though? Like, did it, was there a, a CHEPI or the Hockey East Power Index? How does that the work? The HEPI. <laughs> so they, they determined pretty quickly that they weren't going to be able to do a traditional points mm-hmm. standing because not everybody was going to play the same number of games. Uh, then there was a thought of, well, they'll go with point percentage, points percent, like almost like a winning percentage, but points yeah. percentage. But then they realized, well, wait a minute, not everybody's going to play. 
it, it's not going to be a balanced schedule because mm. not everybody's going to play everybody. So they came up with essentially the pairwise. From they haven't released the formula, but from what I understand, it's basically modeled largely after the pairwise, and which is a perfect system, you know, right? Yes, of course, <laughs> but. J- just done within the league because none of the teams played any non-league games anyway Mm -hmm. so they essentially came up with a formula that's kind of like their own version of the pairwise to rank the teams because of the fact that nobody was going to play the same number of games and nobody was going to play every opponent and it's become known as the heppy and did i read online that so so we're now at the end of the season right so this past weekend was the last games of the season now we're into playoffs Uh, yeah regular season yeah playoffs start wednesday Single elimination playoffs, all yes. on campus. Yep. No, they're not even playing the championship at the Garden. No. Which is which I understand, but in the same sense, like just not have anybody there. At least let the teams play. <laughs> like I, and obviously, obviously, you know, you're bringing them into a city. Maybe they're not normally in the city or da da da. But like, my mind was thinking that like watching the All Star game on Sunday night. I, I realized the, the NBA All Star game. I should clarify, but um. I realize. Imagine like some of these players that got their first All Star appearance, and they're playing in front of like 15 people in a fake crowd. Like yeah. what I, I know at that point, it, it to me was like it was fun in a sense to watch on TV, but like the idea that like is it the same? It's a little asterisk. Like same thing with like the the the, the um, championship games in the major league, you know, arenas over the past year of like playing a championship in an empty arena. Like yeah. I can't imagine that the, the hoisting the trophy up at the end of it is is as exciting um, as it is. If you're, but I thought if you can get that little bit of an excitement about playing on a rink like a professional rink, like at the Garden, would be kind of cool, even if there was no fans in the stands. Yeah, I, I think the the biggest obstacle, my guess, is just the cost. Mm-hmm. I mean, to, to rent out the Garden and not sell any tickets is probably fairly cost prohibitive. Yes. <laughs> well, I know what it is to rent out. Like I, I help with the Comic Con in Bangor, and I know what the cost of renting out with the Cross Insurance Arena in Bangor uh, for a weekend uh, for that facility. Uh, so I can't imagine what it would be costing uh, uh, for for the for the garden for even a day. Um, From what I, and I don't know if this is true. I had heard a story last year that they because they've been partners with them for so long, they they kind of get a break, uh, and they they basically are getting it for twenty five thousand a day. Which and, again, I know what it's like to call, to rent. I'm not going to call it out because I don't want to say that. Yeah, yeah, but sure. I understand that. I mean that that does that that's a deal for, for sure. It's a hell of a deal. But yeah. still, not selling a single ticket. Uh, and they usually get it for three days because Thursday the team's going in practice. Yep. Friday, uh, you've got the semifinal. Saturday or the final. So I mean, so. you're generally renting it. It's generally a seventy-five thousand dollar expense generally for them to rent the building. And, and I know that's on a deal, and it has to do with the fact that they've just been partners with them for for such yeah. a long period of time. And then you're uh, not including the cost of these these teams that also have been able to sell tickets all season. Now yeah. this team has to actually, if you're say say Maine. Uh, obviously not the, the chance of Maine playing in the championship is low, but say Maine, someone like Maine who's traveling from, you know, four hours away has to then come down there, stay the night in a hotel and so on uh, without having to having bring in any income basically this yeah. year. Um, I can understand that too. Um, yeah. It's a little easier to just say, okay, whoever's the highest seed hosts the game and hockey's can go to that school and say, we're not paying you anything. Like <laughs> if it's BC, we're, you're, you're hosting it, but that's it. You're not getting any. <laughs> Correct, yeah, <laughs> and so I mean it is it is, uh, it is different. So this year they had, did they stream all the games? They did. Okay, they did. and they were uh, were they free? So uh, the games that weren't on Nesson streamed okay. on CollegeSportsLive.com, which is a property owned by CBS. Okay, uh, and they were free. Yeah, so you could have watched every game in the league for free. 
do you think is that, that, that's i'm trying to think of like obviously i want to focus on like this year in the playoffs and stuff like that but it's that stuff like that like stuff that will continue on like i, I know i've so. had conversations with people about other things and like you know we're sell, available to sell beer at my restaurant to go uh, or alcohol to go uh, with this temporary law in the state of Maine, but they're talking that it potentially could be extended for at least a year and then maybe forever because uh, nothing bad happened so yeah. far. No, like no accidents have happened yeah. or arrests have happened because of it. Um, but I think, is that one of the things that they hopefully they hockey East will do something? Cause I feel like I always felt like whenever I was home on a weekend and I wanted to watch a game, it was really hard for me to try to find a way to watch the game. Um, Without spending a small fortune, if you do it every weekend, and you're playing a lot of the times, I think when the schools are handling them themselves and having kind of their own, so you're paying 10, 11 bucks a game. I mean, you can get into a game for 20 <laughs> and you're paying, you know, a little more than half of that, just streaming on your computer. And and who are you really making money off of at that point? You're making money off of the, the parents who yep. aren't local. I mean, I, I don't think you're, I don't think they were making, I, don't, I really, I don't believe the schools are making a ton of money from these broadcasts, even at 10 bucks a pop, you know, you might get a, a hundred here, 200 here on a bigger game, but I can't imagine they were making a ton of money. Uh, so if, if you can strike a deal with somebody and, and get them all over, I, I think it's better. I mean, I think it's more exposure for your league. I think it's something you can sell. Uh, you know, the only thing I would say is if, they're able to, to do something like the NCHC has their own, basically their own streaming service. Uh, and they charge a subscription for it, but it's a yearly subscription and you get every game. I think you, I actually, I think you can buy them individually too, but mo most NCHC fans I imagine are going to just buy the it's league easy. pass and get every game. Yes. So and additionally, uh, it, I remember looking back on it. I was like, I knew some places I, mean, I knew as a person covering the game where to find where they were streaming but it still took yeah. me time to find where that was like going to the, the schedule on their website, you know, go huskies.com or whatever it was <laughs> finding the schedule, clicking on the thing, going to the link, finding the way to where to buy it, but also having to buy it from what, 10 different companies potentially. Well, that's a thing. Um, yeah. And, and so like having this different, the cost was one thing, but the, the idea of like no streamline to it, like, and there were certain places like Northeastern, I believe was, was free. Um, they were doing it free on YouTube for a while. Yeah. And so there's that aspect of it too. So it was like, which schools you had to like, you almost had to plan your entire season out if you were to watch it on TV yeah. where to find everything. Yeah. So there was one spot to go to that you just knew to go to collegesportslive.com every single time. Um, I do it at the, uh, at the restaurant when like you main place football, it's like, well, what channels, they, what, what are they going to be on? They're going to be on local TV. They're going to be on Fox. They're going to be on like this streaming service or that streaming service. I think I signed up for a free trial of like FUBU, FOBU TV at oh, one yeah. point because it had the channel that they were on and <laughs> you know it's just one of those things that i just felt like if they had it more streamlined and now that we can do that it's a lot easier and the quality is way higher i don't see why you wouldn't you know yeah. i don't think i don't think people are going to trade in staying home and watching the game than going to the game the no, experience for, is not no the way. same no i agree i agree at the end of the day the only thing that college sports live really lacks is a is a good app uh, it's hard to watch on your phone because the website can be a little funky, the mobile site, and they just, they don't have an app. So mm -hmm. if they could ever come up, if they just developed an app. I think now, now, now it's great. Right. Uh, but they just didn't, they didn't have uh, the app. They didn't have a powerful app. They also didn't have, I think they just got to be smart. I mean, it's owned by CBS. They can, they can do the stuff if they want to, but you know, an Apple TV app, a Roku app, something that allows you to watch the games on the TV. What I would do is I would stream them mobily on my phone and then, cast that to my television it was and it wasn't a it wasn't difficult it was just extra steps mm. where if you develop an app you don't have to do that you know yeah and i think it's the future like i said i still don't think and especially next season 
where people may be more apt to attend to arenas because the fact they weren't able to this season. Yeah. Uh, and by the time the hockey season comes around next season, we're, we're now talking uh, vaccinations throughout, you know, people are, things are going to be safer. And so going to a sporting event in October, you're going to be more apt to go, I think, because you weren't able to go this year. But I still think if it's 20 bucks to go to a game and it's 10 bucks to stay home, or even if it's cheaper than that, five bucks to stay home, it still might be worth the $15 to go see the experience in person. Yeah, <laughs> this is not, not sure. like you're not talking $5 to watch the game or $150 for box seats or whatever. You're talking yeah. a very minimal increasement to go see a game. So I don't think universities are going to lose um, income based on streaming online. I think it's for the people like myself who aren't near. I mean, you Maine didn't play a home game this season, right? They didn't. They're gonna they're gonna so, play one this week, but yes. But like the idea that obviously no one could have gone, but even you Maine only has X amount of games that I could go to. Someone who lives yeah. in Boston obviously has the opportunity to go to an arena every weekend, basically, because of yeah. the short drive to any of the places. Um, but like for you Maine fans, it's really hard for people to go visit a, a, a different arena. It's three hours away a minimum. Anywhere um, you go, yeah. Even Vermont, three and a half hours, right? Something like that, three, four yeah. hours. Because it's not direct across, you have to like go down yeah. and so on but uh, yeah there's no no route across the the middle of the states there you kind of have to go down and then pick up 89 yes exactly and, and so it's funny so I, I i am one of those guys i'm a guy who will pay for online concert like there was a company out in wisconsin area who had like a venue it's like the eagle something and you could buy concert tickets for like 10 or 11 bucks uh to stream the whole concert online but the place was always packed. So people weren't choosing to yeah. stay home. It was me going, I live in Bangor, Maine, and the same bands that are playing there don't come here. So like yeah, for me exactly. to see this show, yeah. it was an opportunity for me to see it, and I was paying for it. It fell apart. I don't know if the venue closed or, or bands weren't signing on enough or whatever it was. Um, but I watched many bands just on my couch with a beer at home in my underwear. <laughs> it was the better experience for me because I couldn't go to it. It's not like, like I said, it wasn't trading the experiences, it was the only opportunity I had. And so, like I said, we're not, you're not talking about like the Bruins who have 41 home games. You're talking about college arenas who maybe have 10 or 15 games uh, at home and uh, the rest of them are on the road. So you want that other opportunity to see the team more. Uh, I think that streaming it is a great opportunity for that. And there's advertising you can sell and all that crap too. It's not like sponsorships and all that stuff too so not to get too Um, sidetracked but i i drove by the the concert venue in bangor for the first time last year when i was up in maine really it looks like a pretty cool spot to see a show and they're doing a lot work on it now they're actually uh they're um they didn't have concerts obviously all summer yeah and so they're adding in it's like a proposal for a multi-million dollar expansion to it with adding like box seats and like physical actual seats because they have like folding chairs right now and all that stuff. Yeah. So there's a lot going into it. Uh, I had um, Chris Rudolph who works for the company on the podcast um, talking about it too. And they're hoping they're hoping for something this year, but I, I still doubt big venues like that in Maine, at least in New England. It'd be hard. Yeah. We're not Texas uh, <laughs> where they're just opening up willy nilly. Um, it's done. So it's a little bit more. Yeah, it's, it's over. Done. It's over. Burn, let's burn the masks. Everybody's done. <laughs> um, and so I think Maine is a little bit different on that. I know our governor just did announce that they're like opening some things up a little bit more right now. Uh, yeah. Bars, things that are strictly bars and tasting rooms are allowed to open at the end of this month. Okay. Um, but I still think that there's a, a summer left of, of reduced capacity. So they may be able to bring in some concerts. Like, you, you know, you're not going to be able to bring in a Metallica. Yeah, because Metallica is yeah. going to be a million dollar artist. But if you can bring yeah. in someone that's a hundred thousand dollars and sell 
you know, 50% capacity tickets or something. It's outdoors. So maybe yeah. they'll have that, you know, but I just think that the, the concerts themselves aren't coming back. I don't think for at least another summer. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. I think it's probably yeah. a year from this summer before yeah. big, big shows come back. I mean, I think with the hockey season, I think in the hockey arenas, we're in a good spot because it looks like most of the country will have availability to vaccines by the end of May, beginning of June, that mm. by the time October comes around, even if venues are allowed to have 50% in it at that point, I still, there'd be, they'd, they'd be stupid not to do it at that yeah. point. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah, 50% absolutely. of Merrimack is what, 15, 16 people? Uh, yeah. Somewhere, <laughs> somewhere right around that, right around that range. I think, uh, no, but yeah. So like it is going to be good. And some of those places, like I said, uh, you know, joking about Merrimack, they're small university, small place or small college, small place. So there's their 50% capacity is a lot smaller than somewhere like UMass or, 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 yeah. or Boston college. But, um, I but think, even a place like Merrimack, if you can get half capacity, which is about 1500 people yep. at 20 bucks a pop, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're going to make, what's that? 30 grand a game. And that's not to mention, you mentioned the boxes. I mean, why you? Because no reason why you couldn't rent out the the, the, the specialty suite boxes in yeah. certain places like this. Because yeah. obviously, there's walls, and as long as there's the right number of people in that box that are together in one group, there's no reason why they shouldn't be able to get all the boxes rented. Exactly <laughs> because yeah. of that. So I think next year you'll see it a lot more. But I still think that the streaming service, especially for someone like myself, I'm about to have a child. So next year, I don't think I'll be going to any arenas or anything like that <laughs> uh, that I could sit back and watch TV and watch this 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 season and stuff. Yeah, for but, sure. Um, which I should have done this season, but I things got crazy in this world. Uh, but um, so yeah, this the playoffs are coming. Uh, they're they're doing them, which is something that um, they're going to do the national tournament too. They are. And is they there are. any restrictions on that? Like who plays in what area, or is it just basically? Are they just going to test and then? Nobody has any idea. <laughs> so, which sounds about right. It, it, yeah. That sounds about right. Like it, it, uh, you know. They're still going to go with the four regionals like they always do. Manchester backed out. So one of them was supposed to be in Manchester. They backed out. I I, I believe they're using the SNHU Arena as a testing facility, which could be why. Uh, or now, now, now maybe a vaccination facility. Yeah. Uh, but they, I know, I know they backed out. So that regional got moved to Albany. So there's regionals in Albany, Bridgeport, Loveland, Colorado, and Fargo, Fargo. North Dakota. Yeah. So they're, they're going to do the regionals. I, my expectation, and, and they haven't said this, but my expectation is that they will be very regionalized. Uh, usually they try to avoid the interconference matches up matchups in the first round. I don't think they're going to be as strict with that this year. I think if it happens to fall that way, it happens to fall that way. Uh, but I do think you're going to see them try to keep the Western schools in the West regionals and the Eastern schools in the East regionals, the Western ones. I mean, Loveland, Colorado with Denver more than likely out in Colorado college, more than likely out in air force, more than likely out pretty much everybody has to fly to Loveland. So you're going to have at least four flights to, to Loveland. Uh, the way the split is right now, one of those Western teams might have to fly East because it looks like it might be like a nine, seven split. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, for the most part, every, if you kept all the Eastern schools in either Albany or Bridgeport, they can all drive. You don't have to fly any of them. Uh, most of the schools going into Fargo, North Dakota doesn't have to fly. If you put Duluth or Minnesota state or, uh, Bemidji, if they make it, any of those schools, if you put any of them in Fargo, they don't have to fly. So, I mean, realistically, you could end up in a spot where you only need, uh, I, I think in some of the, the projections that I've kind of done on my own, I, I've gotten it down to as little as five flights for 16 mm-hmm. teams, depending, depending on who's in. We still have the conference tournament, right? So we don't know who's going to be in or out. 
And really, we, we don't know at all because it's just a committee picking these teams. This is all based on my own kind of projecting yes. and guessing. Uh, but I think you could potentially run it with as few as, as five flights, depending upon how many teams you get in there. And then the Frozen Four is still supposed to be in Pittsburgh, and four teams are going to show up there, and mostly everyone's going to have to fly to that. I would I would imagine unless Penn State you know wins their wins the Big Ten and goes on a run. But correct, yeah, uh, which. <laughs> Not likely, but uh, um, Wisconsin. So that according to Adam on, on uh, your College Hockey News uh, website, uh, he, on the seventh, he posted that it looks like yes. Wisconsin Alba, in Albany, but all the rest of them being UConn, UMass, and Clarkson. Yeah, and Wisconsin's one of those where, like, I think Wisconsin, Bowling Green, if they get in, uh, there was another one, Michigan. Yeah, they're they're they have to fly anywhere they go. Yeah. The NCAA basically says if you're within 400 miles, you need to drive. If it's more than 400 miles, you can fly. So Michigan, Bowling Green, and Wisconsin have to fly no matter what. They, they can't drive anywhere. The interesting one uh, that I keep looking at is Omaha. They're 500. Everyone has to fly into Loveland. But Omaha is, I believe, 521 miles from Loveland. So in a COVID year, could the NCAA go to Omaha and say, hey, it's, it's an extra 120 miles you're driving? Yeah. They probably could. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know that Omaha would be very happy about it, but they probably could get away with it. Uh, so that that's the one where I think if, if Omaha gets in, they may put them in, in Loveland for no other reason than they may kind of just extend that 400 mile rule and say, Hey, sorry, you got to drive. It, it is yeah. what it is. But it, 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 the, the, the fact that they're, I think it, it we're in a spot now where the country's in a, a spot where we can do some of these things. And I'm guessing there's no fans in these arenas, right? I mean, it's not some of them are um, oh, really Fargo. Fargo, oh, I believe, Dakota, yeah. yeah, Fargo and Albany, I believe, are both, well, Fargo's 25%, Albany is whatever, New York State just did something, I think it's 10%, yeah, uh, I don't believe, I haven't heard anything about Albany, uh, excuse me, Bridgeport or Loveland yet, and then Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania has them, I think, at 25%, so, I know for the Frozen Four, it equates to like, I believe, and I wrote about this Friday, uh, I think it's 2,800 people in, in Pittsburgh. It equates to it about 25%. So uh, there there will be small crowds in some of these places, yeah. And this is obviously based off of the fact that, you know, I'm, I'm, I haven't followed college hockey all season, like I said, pretty much, but the idea that a different U, uh, hockey school doesn't win the championship this year, right? Because UMass and Boston College are both in it automatically. Right? No. Uh, um, I think UMass, BU, and BC are all in pretty good shape. Okay. If, if, oh, so UConn would be... UConn, yeah, anybody from UConn down wins the tournament, okay. and you're probably taking an at-large spot away. But, I mean, again, we don't know. I mean, there's no pairwise. There's, no, there's yeah. no nothing. It's, it's going to literally be the committee sitting in a room when all the conference championships are over, picking teams. Uh, which is going to be a disaster. As we, they, they they did the women's tournament yesterday, and it was a disaster. So I'm sure the men's the men's uh, seating and everything is going to be a disaster as well. Well, I mean, we know being MMA fans too, they're not they're always great about picking those fights too, right? Well, it's crazy. Like, and look, I understand it, right? But th yeah, think about the committee. It's mo. It, are there anybody that's watching teams from outside their own league? Like, is the associate AD at Ferris State <laughs> yeah, watching, watching hockey these games? Yeah. Of course he's not. Like, and I don't, I actually, I think it's the head coach at Ferris State who's on the committee. But, regard, I mean, sometimes it's the coaches, sometimes it's the associate AD, sometimes it's the AD. These guys are basically watching their own conference, yeah. if, if they're even watching that. I mean, if it's somebody from a bigger school, 
that's got you know Big Ten football and Big Ten basketball, they might not even be watching their watch own <laughs> <laughs> And they're going to be picking teams. Like it's just I, I don't know. But again, back to the idea that we talk we, uh, the MMA thing and anything, you know, the MMA thing, which is like don't let it go to the judges, win the fight. Well, well, same yeah. thing. Same yeah. thing with Halachaki. If you just win your games too too bad for a, for a committee if you win your conference you're in it so just win exactly. your conference yep. and you'll be in it so that's yeah, the right. big thing um on that but but the funny thing is i was reading a little bit before uh was was the fact that uh merrimack dropped out right they're not going to play in the tournament they they had to yeah they had uh i actually don't know what the issue was there I, i'm assuming when we've seen teams have to go into pause and have to lose games it generally has not been uh a massive number of players that have tested positive. It's usually, you know, a small, maybe one, two or three players that test positive, And then, you know, a dozen players that are out through contact tracing. So that, that's my guess as to what happened. I don't know that for sure. Uh, but that's been generally the the thing this year. Cause I know a lot of people have said, well, if, you know, if they only have two players to test positive, why can't they still play? Well, it's, cause it's the two players that test positive And then the, you know, half dozen or dozen players that are around them in the locker room who, from contact tracing also have to quarantine. And then before you know it, you don't have a roster. Mm-hmm. And then it makes sense that that's why professional games have been postponed all for yeah. every, and all other things is because the fact that the contact tracing is not, you know, uh, the specific player getting tested. Like uh, in the NBA All-Star game last night, Simmons and Embiid both couldn't play because not because either one of them had COVID because the contact tracing about being in contact yep. with with COVID. Yep. Um, so, but that, that made me laugh because when I was reading it, I was like, you mean's hosting hosting? A first round <laughs> playoff game. I was like, Are you kidding? Timing me? is beautiful. Three, ten, and two on the season, and they're hosting because <laughs> they're they're technically move up into the eighth spot, and then, well, they are the eighth spot. No, yeah, they move up. They're in the eighth spot, and then New Hampshire moves up to the ninth spot. So they're the away team, right? Yes. And so yes. five and thirteen versus three and ten. <laughs> It's like what well, is it, AFC East? Isn't that how it always works in the end of football? AFC East, yeah. like losing team ends up in the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, they, I mean, they did the right thing. I think they they moved it this year to everybody getting in because again they were like, yeah. how can we eliminate teams when nobody's playing the same amount? We've got this happy thing that we're using to save teams. <laughs> I think they felt uncomfortable eliminating teams in the regular season. Uh, I, per- I mean, I I have always been a fan of the regular season el- eliminating mm-hmm. some teams, but. I think moving even moving forward, they should probably keep it this way because they're doing they're doing a twenty four game conference schedule, which means the schedule is unbalanced every year. Yeah, every year you're playing everybody twice, and then four teams you're playing a third time. But not every school is playing the same four teams a third time, obviously. So, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, uh, they chose this year to be the year that they said, "Well, things are a little unbalanced, so we're not going to eliminate teams." And I sat there and I was like, "Things are unbalanced every year. Yeah. <laughs> you you have an unbalanced schedule. It's never balanced. Just they play the same number of games every year. I understand that, but your schedule is unbalanced all the time." Uh, but I, I mean, it was the right choice for this year. Is Vermont out too? Is that the the thing too? Are they? Uh, no, I believe they're they're going to be okay to play. So yeah, I, they're I think, playing. Yeah, so it's Vermont. Oh, so they have two buys. Yeah, no, I think they're three? they have six buys. Uh, yes. So it's going to be it's going to be Lowell against Vermont. Oh yes, because, yeah, Lowell, Lowell, Vermont, uh, New Hampshire, and Maine. then Maine, New Hampshire, and then those two winners will get you at eight for the quarterfinals. Correct, and then the, the winners from those games play BU and BC. Uh, ba- basically, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then because the Northeastern versus Massachusetts and Providence versus Connecticut looks like the way it's going to play out. Yep, yep. But um, but again, I am I'm on hundred percent agreement with you with the idea that I feel like when you don't have someone not make the playoffs, even if you were to do ten teams, like even if you were to say one team doesn't make the playoffs, 
like just that one team in the 11 team yeah. league doesn't yeah. make the final doesn't play us um was the idea that it makes the regular season almost pointless like it, it helps your seeding but like in the same sense like for example for maine being three and ten say they knew they were going to make the playoffs three and ten let's just sit the last two games all of our good players and have them rest up or someone has an injury kind of ailing them a little bit let's just not talk, we're gonna make the playoffs anyway and then we'll go full force in the playoffs especially yeah. in a single elimination tournament like it is this year well this year yeah i mean you could just play your ass off for one game and, and bc could lose in the first you know their first round which anything can happen in one game know, and one game playoffs is 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 i i I have both sides of that too in normal life. Like I like the idea of a seven game or a five game or a three game series because it gives you a really an idea of what the team is like. Cause again, anybody can win one game, but mm-hmm. I also like the idea. If you lose a game, you lose a game. You're out done. Yeah. Like you have to win everything to win the, win the championship. Like basically I mean, if, if you're not BC, BU, or maybe UMass, once the hockey's tournament starts, you have to win every single one of your games. If you want to win the national championship, you can't lose one. So, which then you go back and you think about it with Maine only winning three games this season, <laughs> they have to win more than three games to actually yeah. oh. win the championship. So it's like, yeah. win everything. So it's like, it's likely that they're not going to, but they could have to win three four and 10 games. person <laughs> could knock out a person who's, you know, 12 and four. Yeah. Um, they're going to have to win four games to win the, to win the hockey's tournament. <laughs> hey, some people play hockey better in the playoffs. You know, we love playoff hockey. That's true. <laughs> it's a whole new season. That's true. But yeah, so it's a, it's an interesting thing to see. I like, like I said, this is it, the whole thing I had about the hockey, the the NBA and the NBA being in the bubble. Um, was that's the one I did follow the mostly during the bubble seasons. Um, was cool because of the fact that it was something special and something to like think about. Like I, I, I people were taking it as a like, oh, we're gonna put an asterisk next to the Lakers because uh, they won in the bubble and they didn't win on like they didn't have to win on the road and all that stuff because they're technically playing the same arena over and over yeah. again. Um, but I was like, no, make it a special thing. Make it a remembering thing. Like, remember that weird year that we were able to like come yeah. up, overcome obstacles and win this thing. Same thing with anybody who wins the hockey East championship, as well as the NCAA championship, the idea that they had to overcome something weird this season, playing weird games, not playing a game on the home, at home for you, Maine until, until Wednesday. Um, <laughs> it's like, you should, if you win any games during this time, you should be proud of it because it was such an anomaly season. Like, I think there's something to say about that. Yeah, it's not like it's been easy. (laughs) Anything. This has been a million times harder, Uh, you know, just from the fact that these players are are being tested anywhere from three to five times a week, depending upon what type of test they're using and, uh, you know, staying away from each other in the door. I mean, uh, Merrimack had, uh, I'll use them as an example, because this was the story from a couple of weeks ago. They had all of their freshmen weren't available for a game against Boston University. All of them. All, all because there was an outbreak in a freshman dorm, and until they had been able to clear themselves with negative tests, they were all unavailable. So they lost an entire class of players for a game. Uh, I mean, it's it's stuff that like we've just never seen before. So, yeah. I, and I'm sure it's stress. I mean, I remember being a college kid. It was a long time ago, but I remember like being a 22 year old kid and not being able, hardly even being able to go to class because so many of the classes you're, you're living there, but they're virtual anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, but not being able to go to the dining hall. I mean, a lot of these players are going from their dorm room to the rink and then back to their dorm room again. And that that's their life. It's like two, it's two places. Uh, I know some of the teams are even doing like meals together, you know, in, in locker room so that they don't have to go into the dining hall. So they don't have to risk being around other, other students in case. I mean, they're, they're basically, I mean, you know, look, I'm not trying to, uh, I'm not trying to, to uh, overstate it by any means, but I mean, I mean, come on, they don't have much of a life other, other than, 
I'm going to school in my dorm room all day. And then I'm getting dressed at maybe three in the afternoon to walk to the rink, to go to practice. And then when practice is over, I'm eating meals in the same locker room. And then I'm going back to my dorm room. It's the only two rooms I go in for like weeks at a time. It's going to be a definition of hockey is life. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's got, I'm, I wouldn't like it for sure. I mean, I don't have to live that way now. I mean, yeah, we, we've got restrictions, obviously, but like I can go from my house to the grocery store if I want to and not have yeah. to worry about putting my entire team in jeopardy of, of losing games and having to go on a pause. You know, these guys can't go out to dinner. They can't go to the grocery store. They can't go. They can't go anywhere, really, yeah. without, without feeling like, hey, if, if something goes wrong here, it's not just me. I'm potentially, you know, throwing my entire program into a into disarray. So, yeah, absolutely. But yes, the uh, the 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 having more of a freedom. But I also feel like it's part of the responsibility of everybody, including myself and you and everybody, to do the right thing. And if your life is the hockey team and you're there to do that, I mean, we have our staff at my, the restaurant. Like it's the same thing. If someone gets sick or contacted with someone who was sick, we have to close the restaurant potentially. So there's yeah. a lot more we're riding on them than someone. Like even you know my wife, if she wasn't married to me and she was a single person, if she gets sick at her job, it's a little bit different because she works as an engineer and they can just be like, okay, we're working remotely for 10 days or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. There's certain things you can't work remotely as a hockey player. That's not no. possible to do Nor that. Can so you like, work it, remotely as working in a restaurant. <laughs> yes. And, that, and so that my, my thought with the whole BU thing, and you mentioned the 30 days thing is it, it also puts more pressure on the people to respond, behave responsibly outside the arena. Yeah. Um, if you were going to be out for an entire month, it's a lot different than 10 days because 10 days, you might miss two games as a as a team, 30 Maybe. days, you might miss four or five games. So it, it could be a lot more of a responsibility to have that longer, almost like a suspension in a sense. <laughs> basically. Yeah. That's what, yeah. Basically that what it's, what, what it kind of boiled down to. Which is always like, it's funny because it sounds like suspension's bad, but it's the same thing in an MMA when someone gets suspended for 60 days, it's really, yeah. like they just can't fight for 60 days. <laughs> yeah. What was, uh, I mean, not to bring it back to Calvin, yeah. but he was suspended for a, it was a long time, wasn't it's it? Six months or something like that. So it was something Maybe crazy. I mean, yeah. Come on. I mean, the dude needed to have his face put back together. <laughs> it's funny though. I've seen videos of him recently, and I'm like, he looks like nothing happened. He, he looked great. I know. It was like six weeks ago. I saw this guy. You know, he, it was uh, the, the more the more vicious beatings I can remember. And I saw a photo of him doing something. I think it was a charitable thing recently. Yeah. And I was like, geez, for a guy that looked like he was in a car wreck a couple of weeks ago, he looks great. <laughs> The same thing with Paige Van Zandt, though, when she did the bare knuckle thing and she lost, she looked horrible. And then, like, three days later, she's, you know, dressed up in a bikini at the pool with her husband. And I'm just like, what the hell? Yeah. yeah if I got a scratch in my face, it'd be there for four months. Exactly. <laughs> People, they get, I mean, they obviously have better medical attention probably than we do, too. But, um, yeah. My 11 year old got hit in the face with a baseball last week. And, oh, it looks like he's been through 12 rounds with Tyson. Like it's the bruise just won't go away. His, his and that's one the side thing. Of his face and, is but then you have someone who got basically murdered in, in an octagon. He looks fine now. <laughs> yeah. But well, and not to bring it up too much. But how about the guy who uh, snuck in through the balcony at, at, at uh, on Fight Island and uh, had to get kicked out? The guy, the bout that got removed from that fight um, because someone snuck into his room and broke protocols. Oh yeah. Like they, he like climbed up a balcony and like. Yeah. <laughs> that's like legit man like if you're trying to get in that room by climbing up a balcony on like a 10-story building okay sounds like fun to me (laughs) i'd almost be like all right fine you can get in like fine Mm -hmm. fine but we'll put you we'll put you 100 feet away from everybody else you clearly want it that bad yes (laughs) but uh so yeah so this season wasn't wasn't normal um for sure uh i think uh but 
again, I didn't follow the season as much. Was there, uh, you know, was there big players that didn't play this season that would have made a difference this season? Uh, no. No. no, not really. I mean, every, everybody pretty much played. And there was a few guys that signed, obviously. I think they probably would have signed anyway. Either way. Um, so I, I think anybody, I, I don't recall any, There's. I don't think there was any player that, you know, opted out the way that some did in the pros that I can recall. Um, to think more sentimental on things too is, I mean, this is t- must be tough for seniors um, who this is their last season though. Like whether you had a great season this season, like BU or BC or didn't, uh, like Vermont, I just feel like you don't have that send off like you normally would have uh, with the arena and people cheering for you and, the, and your family being there and all that too. And, and, and knowing that this is your last season, uh, and especially for those people who aren't amazing, the people who are, yeah. you know, your, your, your mediocre hockey players that fill out the roster, but that aren't going to go on to play professional hockey. It must be a difficult year for them for sure. I think so. And we'll see how many of them decide to come back. The NCAA gave everybody an extra year of eligibility. Okay. So uh, those guys will have the opportunity to come back if they want to, but also if the school can make room for them. Because mm-hmm. while they gave the players an extra year of eligibility, they didn't give the schools more flexibility in their scholarship room. So the schools still have 18 scholarships to work with, which means either they're going to say to the players, yeah, you have an extra year of eligibility, but I don't have money for you. Yeah. So you can come back if you want to pay. Or they could go to a, rec- they may have to go to an incoming freshman and say, we, you need to be pushed off a year because of that. I mean, it's going to have a domino effect. Uh, what I would have liked, I would have preferred to see them say, okay, you know, we're going to give everybody an, an extra year of eligibility and we're also going to allow you to extend their financial aid an extra year. Don't give schools an extra scholarship, but allow the schools to extend the financial aid of those affected players one extra year if they wanted to use it. Um, but you know, they just, they didn't do that. I mean, there's probably competitive reasons why, I mean, I understand it, but, but, but uh, in the same sense, like if your player's that good, then he's just going to go pro most likely anyway. Exactly. And like so the that, really, that the really good players are going to, that are going to sign are going to sign regardless. And, uh, so, and also I can understand them like trying to, like, there is a lot of in 2020 into 2021, like making yourself look good too, by saying certain things and doing certain things. And it could have been the NCAA being like, okay, we're going to look good because we're going to give everybody an extra yeah. year. But in the same sense, it might actually be possible for any of these players to actually play an extra year because of the situations there is the schools are in. Yeah, um, you know, it's going to be it, tough from an execution standpoint. Mm-hmm. You know, I think there's going to be some players that are going to be disappointed that might say, Hey, I want to use my fifth year to get that, you know, that, that actual senior year. And there's going to have to be some tough conversation conversations where schools just say, there's not, I, I appreciate that, but I don't have room for you. Mm-hmm. I mean, what, what's the requirements of classes though? Like, is it something that someone could come on and play and do like the minimum amount of classes they wanted to, to play? I mean, I don't really know. I think uh, so. I mean, there's, there's got, I'm sure some of them may use it to say, well, I'm going to get a grad degree. You know, yeah. I'll be, I'll be a graduate student and get a, a graduate degree. There might be other guys that are like, yeah, I'll take, you know, basket weaving. And <laughs> that's a, and that's what I thought was, if you take basket weaving and something along those lines, that yeah. just are the minimum amount to take to play. Because again, I'm thinking more along the lines of the people who aren't pursuing future hockey careers, uh, playing yeah. hockey careers, that they're just trying to get that one last year of actual competitive hockey in them before they go play at a beer league. Um, yeah. the, the idea that maybe they take an extra couple of classes, spend an extra couple of grand on school, to just get the eligibility to play and then potentially even after the season's done, drop out of school. Like the idea, like, yeah, yeah, like not even finish the, you know, you could technically do that. Matt Ryan um, did that at Bo- I remember Matt Ryan did that at Boston college's draft year. He played his senior year at BC. All of his classes were done. So he had took like one class a week and it was like a Tuesday night class. And it was a class that met once a week. So he was basically a pro football player his, his last year at BC. And then when 
the football season was over, he left school and, you know, started prepping for the draft because he was done. He, he had already actually graduated like at the end of his junior year. So he was, you know, he was a pro football player in college for a year, essentially. And, and, and I just, it's, it's, that's the weird thing about, and that's a long things that, that makes college sports really cool is there's all these other aspects that go into it. It's not as simple as a contract um, that you have to abide by or salaries they go by. Like in professional sports at the college, is the, the the eligibility years and these classes you have to take and this whole thing about COVID taking an extra year and all that stuff, all that stuff goes into it as well, which is pretty, uh, makes it more of a unique uh, sport to follow um, in that aspect. And plus in hockey as well, where there's the whole signing early and you're drafted by a team and all that stuff too, which I still think, and I'll, the day I die, I think it's one of the coolest things about college hockey is the fact that you can have that little Bruins logo next to your name. Yeah that you're technically quote unquote property of that team, uh, but you can play college hockey. And I think that's one of the coolest things because it's like some of these younger people following the game might be huge Bruins, fa- Bruins fans and watch, you know, a Merrimack college game and be like, Oh, that person plays for the, or is, is drafted by the Bruins and may follow them through their career. Um, unlike other sports where it's like, once they leave college it's, or once they're in college, they're a college player and then they move on. They're whatever with their team they drafted by them. I, I wish other sports would follow that same model. I mean, because it also gives the guys more time to develop too. I mean, a lot of the, a lot of the eighteen year olds they're not ready to play the NHL. Mm-hmm. I mean, what do you you get one or two, three players a year at eighteen that are playing in the NHL? Maybe. I mean, so most of these guys need that time anyway. So, I, I, I mean, think the only great. other sport I could see it happening in is baseball because well, one of the reasons I'm saying that is because you have like the basketball. Um, there's so only so many players that can be on a team. Yeah, the minor leagues aren't there smaller, yet, so like yeah, it, I think rosters. a lot of people would get drafted early and then never get signed. Yeah, uh, because of the fact that there's not enough spots to put them in. Whereas like yeah, hockey agree. has the minor league teams they can send them to. Uh, yeah, baseball it would them. definitely work in baseball. It would definitely work in baseball. There's no and question. Then football maybe with practice squads and the large amount, the larger rosters, um, it could work. Um, but I just think I think it's one of the coolest things. I, I that's one of the things that when I fell in love with college hockey originally was the idea that I could you know root for players that are you know future pro players yeah. or hopefully future pro players um, and, and see that and, and not, it also, yeah, there's a lot of cool things about that, which is awesome in that, that, that makes college hockey really cool. In my opinion, uh, not to go off on a huge tangent about how much I love college hockey. I love college hockey. I didn't even watch a game this season. <laughs> That's how much I love college hockey, right? <laughs> it was but, a weird year. It was a weird year. Going in the play, who who I don't want you to make predictions on who's going to win, but what's the teams to watch for hockey East and, and potentially anybody else? Uh, in hockey East, it's BC for sure. I think they're the best team in the league. Uh, BU is up there. I don't find BU to be nearly as as good as they've been lucky. Uh, <laughs> they've been, they've won some games where they've been outshot heavily. Like they, mm-hmm. I think they they beat Boston College one night. They were outshot like forty five to twenty or something like that. So, wow. and still won the game. So they, they've been pretty lucky. Uh, they're I mean they're good. I, they're not second place in the league. Good. I mean yeah. I think they're they're probably at the level of a of a UConn or a Providence, and you know they're above them in the standings. Like I I think if you were to ask me, BC is the best team in the league. UMass is the second best team in the league, and then Providence, UConn, and BU are all pretty close. You know in that that three four five range uh northeastern two it was three four five six um and then elsewhere i mean aic is definitely the team to beat in atlantic hockey they are just throttling everybody um the big 10 it's probably going to be minnesota wisconsin or michigan uh notre dame's played very well recently though so i think they have an outside shot but minnesota would be the team that i think is the one that's definitely to watch there uh the wcha Minnesota State has has run through everybody until recently, and they're I think they're one of the better teams in the country. Yeah. 
I wouldn't sleep on Bowling Green. I still think they're really good, even though they've struggled down the stretch. Lake State has also been able to put together a really good year, and so has Bemidji State. Uh, and then the NCHC is like the the muscle, the muscle of, of college hockey. North Dakota is really good. St. Cloud's really good. Minnesota Duluth, Nebraska Omaha, all really good teams. Uh, the top four in the NCHC are all are all really really good and, and really battle tested. So I think North Dakota is the best one. North Dakota and BC, I, I think, are probably the top two teams in the country. So uh, if we saw those two in a in a national title game, I think it'd be be pretty exciting. And plus, like you know, it, it is nice to have an, an odd season have two stalwarts like like they are yeah. hockey college hockey teams. Like they're not. There's not like if AIC made it to the championship, awesome. I'd, I'd watch it. It'd be unbelievable. It'd be so cool to watch a team like AIC play in the title game. But like, let's be honest, seeing a BC North Dakota game would be pretty awesome. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. But you know, you know, got to root for the underdog. So if someone like AIC, if if Atlantic Hockey can continue going on and, and make it past the first couple of rounds, that would be pretty sweet. <laughs> yeah, I think what did AIC do it last? No, no, well, two years ago, I was going to say last year. The last time there was a tournament, I think AIC knocked off the number one seed. So <laughs> they've been uh, they've been able to do it. No reason and, why they and, can't and, do it again. And that's me. I'm a UMass Ole fan. So when I <laughs> they were the low the, the low man on the totem pole for a while. <laughs> um. Speaking of UMass Lowell, uh, is it true that I mean UMass basketball, UMass Lowell basketball can win their tournament championship this soon, right? Uh, I know it's this week. It's is yeah, it tomorrow. To, uh, let's see. America uh, East is usually one of the earlier 13th. ones of the week. March thirteenth. It's so actually what's the Sunday. 13th? Oh, is they it play all Hartford? Okay. They play Hartford on the thirteenth, and if they win that, that's got to be their first trip to the NCAA tournament, right? Yeah, I, I yeah, definitely, definitely. Because they've only like been one one one, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. It's the only time they've actually been able to play because it's they're past their their um, probationary year. Which is such a dumb thing. Yeah, <laughs> it's so stupid. <laughs> and because let's be honest, any team that jumps from Division Two to Division One is going to struggle in the first place. So if they yeah. end up winning, let them win. Like that doesn't make any sense to me at all. Exactly. Merrimack had their first Division One year last year. And actually won the conference in men's basketball. They finished in first. They, they couldn't go to. The, there was no conference tournament anyway because of COVID. Yes. But they they weren't able to go to the conference tournament. They finished in first place. <laughs> it's like it, it, you got to give the team credit because they've been recruiting Division two players for years. Yeah. Yeah. And I know. Obviously, there's just more discussion in the backside of it that they're going to be going to Division one. So hoping to get some of those players that are borderline. And, and that's but, what they. That's what Merrimack had done for sure. They had they had quite a few guys on that team that were Division one caliber players. But I mean, to be like you, you can't even go. You can't even play in your conference tournament, let alone the <laughs> for four. Not even for a year. For four years. Yes. So well, an entire it, class of players. So you could you could make the, the, the argument. Okay, let's say two years. If you want to do a two year probationary period, that's good. Let the team advance, get their tenants up, or whatever. Yeah. But four years is funny because I mean, UMass Little Soccer was like that too. Because UMass Little Soccer, they did. I remember that. They like, kicked ass, and then they were like, "Oh, sorry, you can't." They, you know, like they won a bunch of stuff, and they're like, "You can't play in the championship because of the uh, or playing the tournament because of the fact that you uh, aren't technically Division One yet." And it's yeah, like, I remember they did that. Uh, they honored the men's soccer team at a game that Merrimack played Lowell at, at Songus because I was there. And it was like they finished in first place in America East and couldn't yeah. go to the American East. <laughs> and they killed. Like, it wasn't even like they barely did it. They were like the team to beat <laughs> in the entire conference. And they're it's like, crazy. oh, well, we're, we're going to let the second place team do this. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't It's just the four year thing always has struck me as like, you got to be kidding me. For, so you're going to have a, a class of players show up and never be able to compete in the postseason. Just don't even though they're Division One. 
<laughs> Even though they could play their play for Division One school and all that stuff, but I don't get it. it, it it's crazy. So this is UMass or this is Merrimack's first year, 2020-21, or is it nineteen twenty? The nineteen twenty was their first year, so this okay. is their second year as a D one school. That's pretty cool. So that's two cool. two years left after this of not being able to play in playoffs, and that's and that's the year you stopped covering. Um, yeah, <laughs> could it could be, uh, but uh, no. I mean, they've had they've had some teams. They were pr- a pretty good D two program for a while. I mean, their men's lacrosse team was coming off back to back national championships at the D two level. So they, uh, I, I thought men's lacrosse was going to be able to compete right away too. And I think like again, it's kind of a bummer. Like let's see what they can do against some of these top schools and be like, oh yeah, well you can win your conference but not get in the playoffs. <laughs> I don't get it. And again, like the UMass Lowell thing, say this was four years ago, five years ago when UMass Lowell was in the probationary period. Can you imagine them playing this, like having the ability to play in the NCAA tournament, which we know for a fact they're not going to win the whole damn thing to actually not let them have the experience of that because they're just to get in just from like a a school standpoint, the money you get from the from the bid and just the exposure of playing on national TV against, you know, whoever you're going to play Villanova or whoever. Who cares? Like, Wasn't it's, that a Florida, Florida, Florida Gulf one? Coast? Yes, everybody. We all know the name now because of the fact they did it, and they ended up winning a game in the in the tournament. And their now they're coach, a team that people recognize them. Their coach was making like seventy five thousand dollars a year, which is one of the lowest paid coaches probably in the country, and went on that run into the Sweet Sixteen, and then within a month was hired at USC for like two million dollars a year. <laughs> So what the, like that's my point. And that meant the whole point about this whole conversation is the fact that it doesn't make any sense because you're literally taking away life-changing opportunities for some of these people, including professional the, the student athletes, which are the yeah. whole point behind this whole thing, is the idea that you know you could have made a break a player that can get some exposure from professional leagues. You know, if Merrimack, you know, you said the basketball team, if they would have been able to get to the tournament, uh, the big the big show, um, they would have had like potentially players getting looked at from professional basketball yeah. leagues across the world, which may not be ever, ever going to seen if they're playing just in New Hampshire and New and yep. Massachusetts and Maine and Vermont and stuff. But, and they say yeah. it's about the student athlete experience, but I don't what? know. Sometimes some of these decisions that get made sometimes feel like they might not be. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Call me crazy, but uh, yeah, it, it's, it's crazy. It is crazy. <laughs> You're not crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so you uh, for for this my hope podcast is hosted from Maine. So Maine plays uh, UNH, which is gonna be really cool uh, on that aspect of it. School rivalry in the first round of the playoffs. Uh, this podcast comes out on Wednesday, so it will be tonight. Um, uh, and there you can college live sports or live college sports. What's the website? <laughs> college Sports Live. Is it still com. on there even through the playoffs? Uh, you know what? I believe so. I okay. believe hockey says not announced streaming for the playoffs, but I would imagine it's going to be on the same platform. And so, but I'm sure you can find it on hockeyistonline.com. Yes, I'm sure you they'll definitely tell you at some get point. links. There. You'll you probably figure it out there. there. I think so. <laughs> on their fairly new, I was it last year or this year, the new website too. Uh, yeah, th- uh, I think it was this year. I think it was going yeah. into this year. I think they did it last summer. I think it's really cool because of the fact that it's like they didn't really, you didn't have to like pick men's or women's. It's all in one. All uh, in one. Yep. Yeah, which is really cool because it makes. I mean, college uh, hockey East women's league is phenomenal. So <laughs> they should be treated just as well as the men's league because they are yep. kicking ass as well. So. Um, but yeah, and then single eliminations through the hockey East championship. So that's they play tonight and they play what's the next schedule? Would it be this weekend? Uh, yeah. I think it's this uh, weekend, next yeah. Monday. Oh, Monday. That's right. Oh, it's Monday. Sunday, Mon- Sunday uh, or Monday for quarterfinals. Sunday, Sunday. Sunday. And then semifinals a week from today, a week from Wednesday, a week from today. Okay. And then the finals, I think, are the seventeenth. Is that right? No. Uh no, it would be seventeenth is a week from Wednesday. A week from a week from today is the seventeenth. Yeah, so something like that. Whatever. It, it it works out to being like the twenty first, I think, is the 
I think the 21st is the, the last day. Okay, so they have we have tonight is UMaine uh, and and uh, New Hampshire and, and UMass Lowell versus Vermont uh, on the tenth, and then the next games are on the fourteenth, which is a Sunday, and that's the rest of the teams. It's yeah. the teams that win or or win tonight play on Sunday against other teams as well as uh, BU, BC, uh, Northeastern Massachusetts, Providence, and Connecticut, and that means that the twenty first would potentially be the championship. Uh, I think that's the last day for. It. I think the championship okay. is on the twentieth. 20th. I think then the semifinals are on the 17th and then the championship is on the 20th, okay. I believe. I like that spread out thing too, where it's not like you're playing back, like you have a couple of game days in yeah. between. Yeah. Is that for testing though? Is that mainly the reason? Probably is my yeah. guess. Yeah, I think so. But Because if you play against a team and a team tests positive, at least you have some time. How you are they going to handle yeah. that? Is someone test positive? Like, do you just forfeit the game or do they postpone the games? or? I don't, there's no time to postpone. They, they have to have the NCAA field set by the 21st. So, I think if you like, like with Merrimack, right? Like if you're, if you have issues at this point, you're probably out. You're probably so if out, I'm probably an before. athletic department, I'm like, you're not allowed to do anything. I lock them all in the locker room. They can't leave. Food Sleep will be delivered. Their, their, yeah. <laughs> we will bring in beds. Food will be delivered. You are not. And then so the twenty first. That means that the the final uh, Frozen Four will be the first weekend in April. Uh, it's the the second. It's the tenth. April tenth is the okay. championship game. So. Uh, yeah. What is that? The tw- weekend of the twenty eighth will be the regionals, and then the okay. weekend oh, yeah, of yeah, yeah. April tenth will be the will be the, the championship. And I'm guessing they're doing the same similar thing they've done in the past, where it's like the Thursday night is the yep. Frozen Four, and then the championship will be on the tenth. Yep. Cool. I'm excited now. Now I might actually watch some hockey. I might actually watch Wednesday night game because there you go. UMass or um, sorry, Maine. Well, it's gonna be hard for me not to watch UMass Lowell. <laughs> you can watch but them both. You can flip I back can. and forth. You can go back and forth on the app. Well, there's no app, so I have to watch on my computer or my phone. That's true. Well, you can put one on the computer and one on the phone, and then you'll be able to watch both at the same time. Speaking of that, I had uh, Devin McConnell on the podcast to talk. He was from the Arizona Coyotes now. He used to work for UMass Lowell. And then in next two weeks from now, Cam Ellsworth comes on the podcast. Oh, nice. Yeah. The head coach at Norwich. Who's Um, just killing it. Oh, he's... As much as I hate to say the future for for a coach, because I mean, obviously, it's bad for him to look look forward to the future when he's at an actual school right now. But he's got to have Division One um, aspirations at some point. Because I thought, no offense to Todd Woodcroft, I think he's going to yeah. do great things at Vermont. I thought Cam Ellsworth was going to get the job at Vermont and probably should have, but mm. but Cam's going to get a job somewhere, and he's oh, going to yeah. do really, he's going to do exceptionally well when he does. I can promise you that. It, it's it's awesome to see those guys, and I love it that I had that opportunity to meet them and stuff like that. So, like when I had a conversation with with Devin, uh, now him being in the NHL, now for his second franchise in the NHL, he was, he was with the Devils. Now he's uh, a director of sports performance or something like that, high high performance director for the Arizona Coyotes. Okay. Um, and then now with Cam doing so well, and Jason Lammers moved on to do well, do good things. I think Norm's whole coaching staff has done amazing things. Uh, yeah. which is awesome. So, um, now if we can just get UMass a little back up to the elite and uh, at seven and eight, um, I'd be happy with that. <laughs> not being okay a homer at all. Yeah. They it, were okay it, down the stretch. Yeah. They struggled at the beginning of the year. COVID year. COVID year. Everything's right? written off. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Everything's COVID year. Yep. Yep. But sweet. Um, Mike McMahon, you can find you. You have the Mac report. You have college hockey news. You have your Twitter, Mike McMahon's CHN. Now what's your, yeah. What's your Twitter? At, yeah. at Mike McMahon CHN. Cool. All my stuff goes there. So it's really easy to find. That's awesome. Um, I'm selling my uh, first tweet. I don't know if you saw that tweet come out. I'm selling it for two and a half slices of pizza. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see that? Jack Dorsey selling his tweet for two and a half million dollars? No, I didn't. 
the founder really? of Twitter sold his tweet. It's like an NFT. It's some sort of digital crypto, whatever, that is non-editable, meaning that like you have, you, there's nothing physical you own. It's like a file you own that has his first tweet ever. And someone bought that code for two and a half million dollars. Like it's the only one of that specific code. And it's like, it's a weird thing. People are doing that now. People have done that with like music files and all that stuff now, I guess. Um, so I went and you can search for it. There's a way you can like, you type your username in and from this date to this date and it tells you your first tweet. And yeah. it was, uh, the Bronx Zoo is awesome was my first tweet. <laughs> and so I did not <laughs> mention the Bronx Zoo. So, but I said, hey, you know what? They should have feel honored, the Bronx Zoo. Maybe <laughs> so they I may be interested it. in buying it. Yeah, so I said, so I tweeted at them, like, hey, you should be honest. Just two and a half slices of pizza. I don't need two and a half million. I'll take a couple slices of pizza. I mean, it was 2009. It was actually a month after Twitter was founded. Did not even remember that I signed up for Twitter that early. Like, neither did I. I signed up. I knew I signed up in 2009 because I saw it recently. Yeah. If you go to the page, it tells you when. Yeah. You, so I think it was been like June of 2009 was when I signed up or July yeah, of 2009. I, mine was April of 09. And I don't like it I, was like, that early. So, Twitter was yeah. founded in 09. Yeah. Wow. 15, years, or 15 years this month. I would have assumed I was like, well, me too. I mean, I think I signed up for Instagram like a year or two after it was founded. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and that was more recently when I was actually on the internet a lot more. I did not realize that I was on Twitter month after it was actually launched. Uh, and you're right. I, you're like it right at the, the ground level there. And I mean, honestly, my tweets aren't even, I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't have enough tweets for 15 years of Twitter. I'll tell you that much. And I don't even think you probably do for, for 15 years of Twitter and you tweet a lot because of sports. <laughs> well, because of sport, let's see, let's check. Cause I have it open right now. Uh, I, I, it's a kind of an embarrassing amount. I have, well, Oh it, God, it's way higher than I thought. Really? I have, I have 76,155 tweets. Oh, there you go. Where did you it's find quite it? a lot. Oh, you're on, you went tweet deck? I am right now, yeah. How do you find out how many tweets you have? Oh, it's on tweet deck. Just click on your profile. Yeah, I think I wasn't clicking on my right thing. And I've been a member oh, since June of 2009. Justin, here I am. 18,000. 47 tweets and about well, 17,000 of those were when I was covering you, Massel. It's going to say, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I have, I, I've I been don't listed tweet on 36 much anything lists. other than college hockey. Yeah, that's and it. that was the thing. It was like, that's what I used it for mostly. And my, my wife keeps on saying, was I mentioned the whole tweet thing and me joking about my Bronx Zoo or whatever. And she mentioned, she goes, Twitter's still around. And I go, honestly, it's funny how people say that. But like, if you're in the news, news media or sports yeah. media, or, um, you know, even stock market, stuff like that. If you're in those kind of industries a lot, then yet that's used all the time. It's not yeah. used for your generic thing anymore. Like it was no. back when it was found and when it was just Facebook and Twitter, it was like yeah. everybody had it just to have it. Now there's companies who don't even use their Twitter. Like you just look at it and they're just not even there because it's not necessary for them. Um, yeah. But if you want to get the most current news, not saying the most accurate news, but the most current news is Very Twitter because it's immediate. It, it, very true. important distinction it is true and, and it's it's crazy how because people just quickly put it out there and then you know not very many people delete tweet whatever you wrong. hear don't understand why people don't delete yeah. something that's wrong if you type tweet tweeted exactly. something that was incorrect delete it like why would you keep it i've several times not to <laughs> pat myself on the back but several times i've had to correct incorrect reports that other people have out there about teams but, or players mm -hmm. or 
know, this kid committed to this school and then the kid's like, no, I didn't. Can you please get out there that I didn't actually commit to that school? <laughs> the other teams I'm talking to are calling me all upset, but I really haven't committed anywhere. <laughs> like that's happened a couple of times. And that's the world of media on Twitter for sure. It Cause it's not, it's just, yeah. we try to, cause you try to be the first, I mean, especially if you can link it to somewhere like elite prospects where potentially you can get page views from yeah. having that news out there. You want to be the first one out there. So that's the one that, that links to your page. Uh, cause a lot of you require, um, page views for advertising and money. So it, it makes sense to try to be the first one out there, but sometimes like I would say someone committing to a school is okay to be wrong when someone dies well, or a place explodes or something like that. Like that's not, you don't need to be the first person. You could be the correct person. Make sure we get it right. Yeah. Twitter 101 right there. Yeah, let's um, make sure we but, get it right. So, so now you're not, are you just going to cover college hockey overall again? Cause Merrimax out now you're just yeah. back to just solely. Yeah. So, um, yep. are you I'm going to cover, on... going to any games or are you just going to stay? I will do most of it from home. I am actually going to the Frozen Four. Two two media members per outlet are being allowed into the Frozen Four. So I, Adam and I will be there. Uh, I booked my flight yesterday. Flying in a pandemic is going to be weird. Uh, traveling in a pandemic, generally speaking, is going to be weird. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but that's the uh, that's the idea. My buddy Ben gonna... uh, Ben Bishop, who draws for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, um, he uh, just flew to Florida. Uh, for the CGC, which is the comic book grading company, like they, they mm -hmm. do all the grading of comic books, and did an event where he signed a bunch of stuff for the TMNT, oh, cool. and uh, he it was the first time he flew in the pandemic, and he said it was one of the weirdest experiences for sure. I would imagine it will be. Yeah. I just thought that about I hate a flying. Month, so you're, you're you're you hopefully things will be a little bit better in a month. I hope so. Yeah. I mean, it, it's not that I hate flying. I'm just I, I generally don't like flying as it is. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's, I just find it to be a pain, like yeah. getting there early and going through security and doing this, like, like New York, right? I, if I could have, if I'm going to New York, I'm going to drive a hundred percent of the time because it's going to take me four hours to fly there anyway. Like by the yep. time you go through security and get on the plane and, and deal with all that pain and stuff, it's going to be a four hours to get, to get there. Even though it's a half hour flight, I could drive there in four hours. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, and you I, can uh, leave when you want, arrive when you want. Yeah. Take I can stop you want. and yeah. get food if I want to, and not have to worry about it. Like I just, I you can find... poop in a non non airport airport bathroom, exactly. non plane bathroom. Exactly. <laughs> so. I just generally find flying to be a pain, so I, yeah, I, I usually I... don't look forward to it. Now I'm not looking forward to it even more. But well, it is. We're talking about we, we were supposed to go on a honeymoon back in uh, back in the summer, and uh, we didn't end up getting to go obviously because of COVID. So our planes are our plane tickets were postponed, but we're allowed to use them until the end of this year. And so we're like, okay, let's figure this out. Hopefully the pandemic will be better. Well, we're having a child. So now it's like, well, that's weird. We're not going to fly anytime soon. And so we're talking about taking a trip in uh, uh, beginning of November when things seemed like to be better and so on and so forth. So yeah. we can use those flights then. Um, but hopefully it's better by then. But we're just talking about it to us also, though. It's like $1,000 in tickets. And we're like, well, right now that's money's gone. So if things aren't better for flying and we don't feel like taking our baby on a plane, in november um let's just not go fly anywhere yeah. let's drive so that's yeah. the idea behind it but like uh yeah uh, to me it's like it's spent and i'd rather not be crazy nervous again november i think is gonna be fine um, i think so too yeah I, I would hope so but and the only reason i'm doing this is my grandparents live in florida and they uh i mean i'm having a, their great-grandchild and they're not you know there's not many more years of them on this earth. So yeah, sure. I don't know when the next time I'll be able to get down there and we have flights. So I was like, might as well try to use them. Yeah. 
but you know, until then we'll watch hockey. I'll watch hockey from a distance. You can have fun. I mean, it's going to be a weird experience, right? I mean, I would imagine even like in the press box, we're all going to be spaced out. I'm not going to have anybody next to me. I'm, uh, I think it's going to be pretty cool. I mean, I'm fine being by myself. I'm, I'm okay with it, <laughs> especially now. No offense yes. to anybody else, but yeah, like, leave correct. me alone. <laughs> leave <Yeah>. me alone. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, we love everybody in the press, in the media, but there was always the person who came up to you and talked to you that you didn't want to talk to either. Um, yeah. They're the ones that would be sat next to you. <laughs> You'd be like, Even on the plane, the, the, yeah. it's a smaller plane because, uh, you know, Pittsburgh's not a very far mm-hmm. flight. So it's like one seat on one side and two on the other. On every flight, I've got the one seat by myself, so I've got a window in an aisle seat. I'm like, this is okay. That's good. Like, check check that one off the list. Yeah. I can make that work. <laughs> and does Pittsburgh? We will finish this up here, but does Pittsburgh have fans too, or is it going to be empty? Uh, yeah, they're going to be uh, just about. I think I think it's 25 percent capacity. Okay, I believe. I think I think I read it was like 2,800 total, somewhere around there. So, I mean, 700 people- per school, but they're they're probably only selling them as a as a whole session ticket. That's the other thing. I, I think because yeah. of of a uh, contact tracing and stuff like that they're not selling individual games it's just you have to buy all three games that's all the regionals are doing it too it's you got to buy all three games and they're non-transferable and then, but my i think they're non-transferable and you have to show id when you get when you get there like as you walk in too. i think your name's on the ticket and you have to show that the ticket and you are the same person that the ticket belongs to essentially which makes sense i mean it's, let's just yeah. try to be safe i mean let's you know if we can do this now and have some people there awesome but let's try to be safe and not do it stupidly exactly so, let's just know. try to do it smart yeah i guess and so cool. Uh, at Mike McMahon, CHN on Twitter, the macreport.com, college hockey news, all the good things. Follow him. He's obviously going to be covering uh, college hockey throughout the playoffs as well as the uh, Frozen Four because he'll be there. Uh, so give him a follow if you want. Um, he tweets a lot about random stuff. So. <laughs> <laughs> And I want to find out how much he wants for his first tweet when he finds that out. I have to look up and see what it is. Yeah, that's what I have to do. I'm starting the bit at two and a half slices of pizza. So you might have to get up there with maybe three, three and a half slices of pizza, depending on what the tweet is. Well, so. Yeah. Or I was also thinking I could go two slices and try to undercut you. Oh, there you go. Yeah. You know, get, you get into the market. Here's but. the deal. If someone offered me to buy that tweet, I don't know how I would do the NFT thing. So I, I honestly don't know. <laughs> so the Bronx Zoo wants it. You have to figure out how to do this whole transactional thing. But um, just ask Jack. He'll yeah, tell you. Exactly. I'll just text him. Yeah. <laughs> like I have his number on speed dial. <laughs> Bye. Sweet. Thanks a lot, Mike. Uh, Talk to you again soon, I guess. And uh, have fun and good luck in Pittsburgh, man. Sounds good. Thanks. 